Hey, my name is Kristen, and I want to personally welcome you in. I'm a small town mama and former elementary school teacher who spent $250 to start a network marketing business I knew nothing about. I had no followers, zero experience in marketing, and knew very little about social media. But I was able to educate myself on all the ins and outs of owning a business and now run an annual six-figure online business and partner with my husband in helping him run a local service-based business all from home. Because you're listening, it's likely that you're either considering getting started as an entrepreneur or you want to grow. Let's do this together. I'll use my experience as an educator to break it all down for you, social media marketing, business strategy, and networking. My goal is to help you find a sense of balance and fulfillment so you can inspire others to do the same using your unique gifts. So get comfy and cozy, grab a pen and paper and your drink of choice, and let's get to it. I heard Jesse Lee say so many times before that you can be inspired all day long. And I know that you guys have conversations with some of your clients, some of the people that you're talking to. They're like, I just need somebody to motivate me. Y'all ever heard someone say that before? I just need somebody to motivate me. Well, motivation is intrinsic. There is nothing that anyone can do to motivate you. You have to motivate yourself. Now they can get you excited. That, but that's very, very short lived. Okay. Um, and so my point is, you know, you can come to these calls or you can show up to an empire training. You can literally be trained all day long and get lots and lots of inspiration, but it never, ever becomes, um, something that you can rely on unless it's inspired action. The action is where you're going to see the results. Like I said, you can be inspired and hear like this mo greatest motivational message. Um, and then if you don't do anything with it, it's really, there's no point. You've sort of wasted your time. Um, so I hope that since you're here and you're listening and you're able to take away and implement some of these things um, so that you can take that action um, and hopefully it's impacting your business in some way. Lead magnets are going to be so, they're going to be the thing that's going to attract your people um, whenever, uh, you know, just you making a post probably may not do it offering something that's valuable and you know that they want um, is going to be the way to go. And, and of course, if you're, if you're sharing a lead magnet, I'll say this last thing um, and then I'll move into the training. Um, if you're sharing a lead magnet and you're consistently, that's the keyword there, consistently talking about it and you're still not getting engagement, then you need a different lead magnet. It's not attracting your people. Okay, so you want to make sure that your lead magnet is something that your people want. Um, otherwise, they're not going to they're not going to ask for it. Okay, how much should you talk about it as much as you want? It's a free resource. You're, you're giving something away for free. So it's up to you. Um, a couple of options that you can do um, as an example tonight, whenever I um, I posted in my stories what I cooked for dinner for my family. This is it. I made um, a low carb orange chicken. So I put on there low carb orange chicken and then beside it, I put get my four week meal plan and grocery list. And I put the link to the opt-in form there. That's one way you can do it when you're live and you're cooking. Hey, I have my blank, whatever your lead magnet is. If you want that comment info or whatever your keyword is that you're going to your, your call to action in order for them to subscribe. Um, whenever you're doing your reels, I know some of you are doing like cooking reels or health tip reels, whoever's attracting your, you know, whatever's attracting your people, talk to your people the way they need to be talked to. Um, but then of course you would add that call to action, have a lot more blah, 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 comment blank. So whatever that call to action is um, for you. So talk about it as much as you want. Um, I don't, I don't feel like that it's, um, 
It's not one of those things that you're spamming people if you're giving something away for free. You know what I mean? Um, and I heard someone say this one time, if you get sick of hearing your story or if you get sick of hearing the same thing over and over again, it's likely that someone is just now hearing it for the first time. Like you're going to have to get bored with saying it before people are going to start to go, oh, she has a free resource for me. So keep saying it. Okay. Um, just keep talking about it. All right. So we're going to get into effectively using email marketing. I'm going to cover a few things tonight. I want to talk about weekly newsletters um, because really the overarching theme for this week is giving value, which you all know that that's a huge part of what we do here is we lead with service first um, and then the sale comes later. We're attracting and building relationships, nurturing those <clears throat> relationships with our ideal clients. And then that will lead to a sale. And we know that consistency is a huge part of that and really giving them the resources and the value that they're looking for, serving them in that consistent way to build that trust factor with them. And then eventually they're going to buy. That doesn't mean that every single person will. Um, and that's why we do so, so much talking about it and building our list so much because we know that there's going to be a fraction of them that will have act actually go down that funnel and become some people faster than others. Um, so we're going to talk about segments. We're going to talk about um, those. Oh gosh, I went to the, I'm on the wrong notes. I'm on my other notes from the other day. Um, so we're going to talk about how often should you talk about your offers? That means like how often should you try to sell to them in your emails? Um, segments, I'm going to touch on that a little bit more. Um, planning. Um, and then we're going to get into sort of the nitty gritty of like, you know, what should your subject line look like? Some tracking and analytics, that sort of stuff. Um, and then if there's time at the end, um, then we will open it up to questions. Sound good? So do we does it sound like a good plan today? I'm super excited you're here. I didn't get to say hi, Ganita, but glad you're here. Um, all right. So let's do that. Um, so let's jump into it. First of all, I want to say that the if you are using email marketing correctly, then this is literally going to be the link between building a strong lifestyle brand that's really going to foster and nurture your ecosystem, okay? Like, I, I think I shared that word with you a couple of weeks ago. When you build an ecosystem and people come in and they are served adequately and that trust factor has been built with them, then they are never going to want to leave. They're literally going to want everything that you put out there to them. Another thing to consider about email marketing that we love so much is that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the information that you are sending is going to them. There's no jumping through hoops. There's no worrying about if you're in messenger jail. There's no worrying about whether or not Facebook's algorithm is going to show your content to them. You know it's going to be sent to them. What's up to you is making sure that what's being sent to them is valuable enough that they're actually going to open it and they're actually going to read it. Okay. Um, and so that's, that's your job, but you're building a strong lifestyle brand. And so again, I say it like I'm a beat a dead horse. You have to know who you're talking to. You have to know the pain points and what your target client is looking for in order to serve them and talk to them in the right way. Okay. It's like having a conversation about Christmas time with your husband. Okay. Versus a four-year-old, right? 
you're going to talk about Christmas a lot differently to your husband than you are with your four-year-old. Your husband or your partner, you're going to be talking to them about like the plans for Christmas and, you know, should we buy new ornaments or should we, uh, should I, um, need, do I need to replace uh, the lights outside or, hey, what about the budget? Like you're going to be talking about the plans and, you know, the dates and when are we getting with your family? Like that's the conversation you're having, right? With them and with other adults. With a four-year-old, it's, what do you want from from Santa for Christmas? You know, like, have you been good this year? Like the conversation looks different. And so when you're having that conversation with your target client, you have to know what it is that they're looking for. Otherwise you're talking to a four-year-old and your husband's like, uh, why are you saying that to me? Does it make any sense? Okay. So you have to know that. Now, um, going into weekly newsletters, um, I always recommend, um, and when I call it a newsletter, it's just an email once a week, an email. And to be honest with you, this may take some trial and error before you figure out what feels good. Okay. So you'll, you'll try this for a little while. And what I recommend that you do whenever you do go through this process is just do a chunk of emails one month at a time. So like plan out what your, your content is going to look like, what your messaging is going to look like for one month and then see how that feels. And if you didn't like it, tweak it a little bit. And then the next month, You'll change it up and then you'll try it for that month. Does that make sense? And then you might tweak it a little bit and it might take you several months before you go, ooh, I think I want to do it this way. Okay. There's a lot of different examples out there as far as newsletters. Um, and I would highly recommend if you're not already subscribing to someone that you follow, like I'm sure all of us are following someone that we really resonate with. Um, I personally recommend you going and subscribing to someone who, you know, is like a major influencer or someone who has an email list. Like if you opt into their freebie, start getting their emails and start what I like, I love to do this. Um, you can even do this with stores if you want to like probably start paying attention to some of the, um, the, uh, emails that you're getting from some of the stores that you shop at. Pay attention to their messaging, pay attention to their language, pay attention to their subject lines. And if you, if you're getting these sort of emails, it's almost like you're doing research, you know, like you're paying attention, kind of like I've given the, the idea of like, when you're watching reels, pay attention to what attracts you the most, what grabs your attention, do the same thing with those emails so that you can learn from and go, Ooh, I think I want to do that. Right. So an, an email, uh, the frequency of email newsletters that I recommend is once a week. Okay. And, um, honestly, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there to you. There is an I there's there is such thing as an ideal day and time to send to your client. But of course, this is going to take some time of you doing this consistently before you'll start to notice a pattern. But most often when people are opening their emails, it's usually either a Tuesday or a Thursday. OK, a Tuesday or a Thursday. So if you're going to send an email, I do recommend you sending it on a Tuesday or a Thursday. Mondays are usually difficult for people because they're coming back from the weekend. Most of the time they're starting their work week. Like there's a lot going on. They might not open their personal email. Okay. Um, if you try to send an email over the weekend, they're not checked into their phones, nor are they worried about their emails on the weekend. So you're sort of wasting your time and it's probably going to get buried. Okay. I personally send my emails out every Tuesday morning. Okay. There's also, if you go into Flowdesk, when you schedule out your emails, it will say you can either send it immediately or you can schedule it. I always schedule my newsletters. In fact, I finished up my final email for December today. Like I, I finished up all four of my emails um, that are going out for December have been scheduled. They're ready to go. Okay. 
So what I do is I'll go, okay, you write out your email, you hit schedule, and then it's going to give you a calendar and you pick whatever day you want. Then it's going to say, um, if you want to send it, um, the best time for morning, evening, or afternoon, and it will recommend a time to, you can just choose one. I usually do mornings, um, because most of my people open their emails first thing in the morning. Um, you can try it out again. This is, we are, it's when you're in marketing, like when you do what we do and in sales, I feel like we're sort of like scientists. We kind of have to play around and like test certain hypotheses and figure out what works. And then they're like, oh, that didn't work. And then we keep trying. So this is going to be a testing phase for you. Okay. Which is why this has taken me pretty much all year long before I've gotten to the place where I felt confident enough to teach you how to do it. Okay. So choose a time that works best for you. I do recommend one of those two days um, and then schedule out your emails. Okay. Now, the thing about it is whenever you're typing out your email, keep in mind who your target audience is and how long they're going to engage with your email. How long typically, I want you to put in the chat right now, how long do you spend reading an email? How long? My guess is because most of you work full-time and you're busy, it's not very long. You probably send about 60 seconds. Yep, I knew it was coming, seconds. You probably spend 60 seconds or less reading an email. So what does that tell me? Your emails don't need to be very long. They don't need to be bogged down. They don't need to be super heavy. They need to be something that's quick, something that they can access, and then they can go. So keep that in mind whenever you're creating your newsletter. Another thing you want to consider when you're creating your newsletter is what does your audience come to you for? Make sure that the content that you're delivering in that newsletter is worthwhile. So I'll give an example. Most of you are subscribed to my email list. Is everyone here getting my emails? So you know this month I've tried, I'm testing out another idea where I'm giving like a, a tip, uh, a scripture, and then I'm giving a recipe. I, I switched it up because I don't like the formatting of that email. Like I don't like the green and the, it just, it looks weird. So I'm going to like a plain format um, this month. But instead what I'm doing is I'm giving just a little bit of tip, like a tip, but I'm not putting it in a box and then I'm giving a recipe. Most of my people come to me for recipes. So um, that's going to be the, the caveat for whatever I'm going to do um, for whatever I'm going to do there. Um, but whenever you're giving like your meat and potatoes to your to your email is I want you to think about what is it that they want? As another example, there's a girl that I subscribe to. She is a um, she's like a Canva expert. I follow her to learn about Canva and like different things and stuff. So I subscribe to her newsletter, mostly because I love her content. I follow her on Instagram. And this is sort of the same process that's going to happen with your people. These people are going to be watching you for a while. And then all of a sudden, they're going to discover that you have an email list, which is why it's so important for you to talk about it all the time. So I somehow subscribe to her email. She sends a weekly newsletter. Um, I feel like hers is on Tuesdays also. I'm not sure, but I, I feel like it's on Tuesdays because I think I got one this morning from her. And what she does is she does like a little blurb at the top where she kind of just talks and like, it sounds like her language. Like she's really kind of just talking about what's going on in life right now. And then, and it's not very long. And then below that, she calls it a three, two, one. So she calls it a three things that she wants to, um, um, I think three, three things she wants to like teach you two things that she's really obsessed with right now. And then one, like uh, something, I don't remember what it was, but it's like a three, two, one. So she does like a three, two, one, and then that's her newsletter. Okay. So I've already explained to you what my newsletter is, but what you want to do is again, tailor your content for your email to surround whatever you want to serve your audience with. 
So if they're coming to you and they are looking for just inspiration, like they, they, these people are coming to you constantly just because of your, um, your faith-based content, then it might be that you want to weave that in there somehow. Right. But keep in mind, we are a wellness brand and we sell a wellness product. So you want to sort of make sure that it, it kind of has that emphasis in there as far as wellness goes. So that whenever you do offer, which we're going to talk about in a minute, it's not a surprise to them that they already know that that's a part of what you do. Okay. Um, another thing to consider in your newsletters, and I sort of just mentioned it a moment ago, is make sure that you're telling stories in your, in your um, newsletters. And I don't mean like, you know, um, like the three little pigs or, you know, stuff like that. What I mean is what's going on in your world, right? Are you stressed out? Are you overwhelmed? It's Christmas time, like blah, blah, blah. Like what, tell a story, like weave in what's going on in whatever you're doing through your emails. And it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. It can be like a quick couple of sentences, right? Just to let them in on your world. It's more likely gonna build that relatability with them. They're gonna open that up and they're gonna feel like, man, me too, you know? And we've talked about that before. Now let's move on to offers. How long or how often do you make an offer in your emails. Okay. This is like very tricky. All right. Um, and, uh, you might have to play around with it based on your audience, because what I have learned through the research that I have done, um, with email marketing is that the more offers that you make, especially the more frequent those offers are, the more unsubscribe rates you will get. Okay. It's so, like, think about it this way. You go to a store and they go, hey, would you like to sign up for our rewards program? And you say yes. And you give them your email address. And then all of a sudden, Sheen is a perfect example of this. <laughs> Timu is a perfect example of this. They will send you to death emails. And you're like, finally, you've just had enough. You're done. Like these political campaigns, um, uh, OMG. You know, you're like, and what do you do? You go and you either block them or you unsubscribe, right? So you don't want to be that person. Don't overwhelm them. And this could even go for like your other emails that you're just loving on them. Sending three emails, excuse me, emails a week is too much. Okay. Like ain't nobody got time for that. You got it. So one, one email a week is fine. Now, if you want to make an offer, you can make an additional offer every so often in addition to your weekly email. So it's not going to replace the newsletter that you're going to send. This is just gonna be like one additional email that you'll send. And I would recommend that you maybe do those. If you're going to do them, you can do them once a week. You can do it every other week. It's up to you how you wanna do that. Again, play around with it. You will start to notice some patterns and things on how your people are responding. Um, but again, if you're adequately serving your people, then, they might be okay with you sending them one to two emails a week where you're trying to sell them something. Okay. Um, as an example, you probably all got my black Friday email last week on Wednesday. I think it was whenever I sent it, when the sale started, I rarely send those. I don't send them very often. Now I've learned that I don't sell enough in my emails, so I'm trying to do better. Um, and I will be, so you kind of start to pay attention, even just watch the framework of what I do, um, to give you a general idea on how many times that you should make, um, an offer. Um, and then remember that whenever you are making those offers, again, you are framing it in a way that serves them. Put your, just like we do with our marketing on social media, put yourself into their shoes and ask yourself, what is this, what is in it for them? What are they going to receive through this? 
okay? You can put it into a story form if you want, um, whatever works best with you, but you're gonna talk specifically, get to the point, um, and then make that offer to them, okay? All right, are we good so far? Yes? All right, now let's get into segments. I wanna talk briefly about that. I don't feel like we need to spend a whole lot of time on it. I know we've talked about it before, uh, but I kind of want to just reiterate a little bit on what these are. So segments are sort of like um, like tags, okay? Um, like like I'll, I'll, I'll equate it like this. So if you go in your back office and you were to pull up your customers or all your people in your back office, and even in Saga, it's this way. You have your people are labeled, right? So they're labeled as lead, they're labeled as customer, they're labeled as smart ship, they're labeled as promoter, right? Or user if they've never ordered. So it's segments are sort of like that. It's basically putting people into a group. Now we practiced this whenever we created our lead magnet in Flowdesk, or if you have created one, you actually had to create a segment for that particular lead magnet. So I have a segment for my prove it customers. I have a segment for my four week meal plan. I have a segment for um, my holiday hustle guide. That's something that I'm sharing um, for people that are interested in the business opportunity. Now, my recommendation is keep it super simple, okay? Have a segment for your customers. So that way, if a sale does happen and you just specifically want to message them, you can, all right? Um, have a segment for your health and wellness people, right? That's tied to whatever that lead magnet is that you have. And then you might have another segment for people that are interested in the business opportunity. That's a great place to start, okay? That way you have three different segments of people and they're maybe are opting and they're going, man, like I would love to learn more about the business opportunity. They subscribe so that they can learn more um, about what social media can do for them and how they can create an extra income. And you're gonna speak differently to those people than you would speak to people that are your proven customers or people that are there just for health and wellness. Now, my guess is that in some ways, and this is going to happen, you might have the same person that could be um, subscribed to all three of those segments, and that's okay. If they're interested in all three of those things, maybe they did decide to become a perfect customer. They're now tagged in as you know health and wellness, and they're tagged in as your, um, your proven customers. Now, side note for your weekly newsletter, I send that to everyone, all subscribers, okay? All subscribers. So if I were talking specifically to people that, let's use business as an example, people that were subscribed to the business opportunity, a specific example of this would be like, if you do a live video that was like really good and you were talking about um, your, your business, like, you know, your story and, you know, how it impacted you and you wanted to share that, you could create an email and go, did you miss my live? I talked about blah, blah, blah. And then you could send that to just those people. Okay. You all know that I have a podcast. So sometimes I'll create an email specifically to those people and I'll send them and go, Hey, check out this, um, my, the link to my podcast. Do you see I'm talking differently to those people? The people who are subscribing to health and wellness don't really care about that information. I don't need to send it to them because it's irrelevant. That's not what they're there for. Now, maybe at some point they might stumble across and go, wow, I did not know this. I'm interested and they'll subscribe and you know want to be a part of that, okay? 
Same thing about um, your your Prove It customers. If you want to send like a thank you to all of your customers at Thanksgiving or not Thanksgiving at Christmas, you want to send them all a heartfelt gratitude. Thank you so much for being a valued customer. Um, you want to send it just to your customers. You have that segment there that um, you're able to do that. So essentially, you're personalizing the content that you're sending to that particular audience. Um, does that make sense based on their interests, based on the things that they um, that they want? Okay. Um, but again, newsletter I send to everybody. Okay. All right. Now moving on to um, planning. Okay. Now I don't want for y'all to look at email marketing or doing this um, as like one extra thing. Okay. If there's one thing that I learned early on, um, whenever I started diving into this is that we were doing it backwards. Okay. We were doing it backwards. We were literally starting with social media and then all the other stuff came later. How long does a social media post live out there? How often, I mean, how long does it usually take before it like lives and dies before people stop commenting on it? How long? Yeah. Everyone's in a blue moon. Somehow, some way, I have no idea, something that I posted two weeks ago pops back up. I have no idea how, but somehow it comes up, right? It's very unlikely for that to happen. And so we're putting a lot, I'm talking a lot into our posting, right? And our ideas when really in order to work smarter, oh, that's funny. She had one from last year that popped up. You're, what we need to do instead is focusing on creating long form content, something that's going to have, we call it evergreen, something that's going to sustain for a while. And then from there, move on to shorter form content or social media content, things that are going to live, um, have shorter lifespans. Okay. Now I'm not going to get into all of the evergreen content ideas, but basically those are like podcasts, YouTubes, stuff like that, that like people can search Pinterest, all of that stuff. Um, and that's a training for another day, but you could essentially use email marketing as your platform to start and then build off of that. Okay, so we talk a lot about repurposing content here. You make a TikTok and you repurpose it onto Facebook and Instagram. You might create a post and then it inspires you to go live. And so you, you go live on the same topic. How many of you have gone live on the reboot and also made a post or a reel this week? Anyone? I went live on it yesterday. I made a reel on it today. You repurpose that content right? You might not have said the exact same thing, but it was around the same general idea. And to be honest with you, it's kind of like we're sort of reinventing the wheel with the same content over and over and over again every single week because we're talking to the same type of person just trying to create new conversations. Yes? So when you're email marketing, instead, what I want you to do is I want you to kind of take a step back and I want you to ask yourself again, what are the pain points of my target client. This is a bomb tip that I'm getting ready to share with you. Okay, so get your pen and paper. At the beginning, whenever I start planning for the next month, I've literally already done this for December. I will literally go, because I've already put into ChatGPT, we've already gone through the process of identifying who my target client is. I already know all that stuff. And if you do, awesome, you're set up. When you go into ChatGPT, I literally go, okay, I'm going to be planning content for the month of December. Tell me about the pain points that my target client has for this particular month. Y'all better write that down. 
That is literally the framework that I build off of for the month that I will be creating content for. Now, it's no secret. I've already told you guys that I repurpose a lot of what I've already used. I reword it. I change it up a little bit like to make my job easier. And you should, too. It will save you so much time. But you can tweak it based on whatever's going on right now. Right. And then, you know, that you're going to be speaking into their lives because it's relevant. It's not only speaking to their pain points, but it's relevant to the time that we're in right then. Right. And so once you've identified what those are, it's going to make your job a lot easier whenever it comes to creating the content and going, okay, well, in December, you know, my people are on a health and wellness journey. They are looking for ideas on healthy ways to eat this month because, you know, there's cookies everywhere and fudge everywhere and there's like all these things, right? So I know that I have to support them with not only ideas that are going to help support their mindset through this and remind them that, hey, you don't have to wait until January 1 to start your health and wellness journey or to continue it. It's not time to throw in the towel. We can do this along and along. Here, I'm going to give you some ideas that are going to support you through that. Does that make sense? I also know that this, my target client, it, some of her pain points are is that right now she's struggling with like, you know, set, uh, or setting herself up with like this picture perfect, you know, showing up with bells on at every event and has the beautiful family photo and the perfectly decorated tree and all of her presents wrapped and ready to go two weeks ahead of time. Like my client, she ain't that one. Okay. She the one who's struggling with all that stuff. Like she needs somebody to tell her that, Hey, it's okay. If the picture is not amazing or you forget to send out Christmas cards. Like I, that's the kind of stuff that I need to be speaking to my people. And so an easy way for you to start that and go, Ooh, what is ask chat GBT and they'll help you. Okay. And then that will help you to frame your, um, your planning for your, um, for your emails each week, whether it's sharing that recipe or whatever. Now, again, if you are sending only one newsletter a week, that's four emails, sometimes five, if there's five weeks in the month, right? So you can look at your pain points and go, okay, this week, I'm going to talk about this. This week, I'm going to talk about this. But remember, keeping it sort of consistent because you're talking to your target client, right? And again, if you're, if you're speaking to your target client and you know that these are their pain points, then it's going to keep it sort of in sync, right? Like, especially relevant to the time. So, um, so for next month, what I have is a little, a little blurb and y'all know what I'm talking about because you, you're subscribed to the ones that I'm getting, you're getting this month and then a recipe that's relevant for the month. Okay. So think about that way. And then what I would recommend that you do is I would set aside mm, I would, probably an hour is how long it would take. It, it probably won't take much longer than that for you to sit down and actually write out the four emails. Remember y'all said you don't spend very long reading emails, okay? So you don't want to spend forever doing it. And you can always fall back on AI to help you write those emails if you need to. So give some super clear directive. I want to write an email to blank. This is what I wanted to talk about. Give me a very quick email that can be read in under 60 seconds. Use that as a framework, y'all. Do not copy and paste from ChatGPT, okay? Do, I don't care how many times you go, simplify the language or make it sound like me. It's still not going to sound completely like you, but you have a beginning little framework that you can come from and then you can modify it, tweak it, change it, insert your stories um, and build off of it so that it actually sounds like you, like a human being wrote it. Okay. So you can batch that sort of content and 
I would say an hour. Um, is that how long? Yesterday I did two emails. Today I did two emails because I didn't have an, that window of time to write all of them um, to do that. But I, I'm set for the month of December now. I've got them scheduled, ready to go. Like I don't have to think about it. They're just, they're there. Okay. So keep that in mind um, and use that scheduling feature because it's so, so, so powerful for you. And then don't even just let, let it live and die there. If you've already created your, say you're sharing recipes. I don't know. Most of you might. If you're sharing one recipe a week, why can that not be the recipe, a recipe that you go live on or create a reel on? Can you not repurpose that same content? Go live sharing the tip or telling the story or doing all those things. Don't just let it live and die in email. Use it other places as well. Um, you'll find that your brain goes, ooh, you really thought through the process of what your marketing is going to look like throughout the month if you've already planned ahead what your plan looks like and what you want to consistently talk about, okay? Now, I will throw in there, keep in mind, like we do Reboot once a month, we do iFast once a month, uh, we talk about the 10-day, the no, we don't do 10-day drinking tones challenge, the, what do we call it, the nat, nat 20, is it nat 20? I always forget that. We talk about that consistently, so maybe you want to talk about, um, like, as an example, like for December, one of the things I said that my people are struggling with is mood or staying on track. So in my emails, I would like throw in like a one-liner and say something about, and don't forget to drink your ketones because they're going to help you stay on track. You know, stuff like that, just to kind of slide it in there so that people can see or hear. Because I'm not selling in those emails. I'm just kind of mentioning it. And then whenever I do sell the, share the offer later, it's not like they don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. So um, let your email marketing be a part of your social media strategy. Okay. This is kind of heavy, but is it helpful? Are we doing good? Are we okay? All right, got two more things we're gonna cover tonight and then I will be finished, okay? Next thing I wanna talk about when it comes to effectively email marketing is um, subject lines, okay? This is really, really, really important. I read an article about this last week, I think. And it was actually, we were writing out, we were going over emails um, for the company that I work for. We were going over emails. This is actually a um, like a campaign that we're working on um, where we are doing some streaming offers or whatever. And um, I learned this from the article that I read. And we were going over and we were talking, we went through the graphics and the actual email and the wording and all that stuff. We got through that. We, we had that ready. It was set to, um, to distribute. But we were kind of making the final touches on it. And we were looking at the subject line. And um, the subject line, I can't remember, it was like um, stream, blah, 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 or something. It was like kind of boring, right? And what I learned in this article, I'll see if I can find the article and I will share it in our chat so that you can read it for yourself. Um, in fact, I was at work whenever I read it. So like I just didn't have a chance to share it with you and I wanted to. So I'll remember to do that when I hop off of here. But in that article, it was saying that your subject lines are going to be the thing that are going to grab their attention first. I don't know if you do this in your own email. Like when you open up your email, do you scroll in your email real quick to like find the most important stuff? Yeah, y'all are shaking your head. Okay, like Timu never gets opened. I don't even know why I'm subscribed to them. I've never even bought anything from them. So Timu, Timu never gets opened. They always get deleted first. But I look through it. I'm like, okay, do we have an email from the school? Okay, that I need to respond to. Okay, um, is there, um, so I subscribe to Chalk Zero, Sola Bread Company, Emmy, like some of those keto, um, low-carb brands. 
So if they ever have like a really good, um, like good promotion that's going on, AKA like Starbucks, let me give you a specific example right now. I've already deleted a lot of my emails, but I saved some. So, okay. So like I have a wine subscription. Okay. So I subscribe every year or every month to a wine subscription. Um, so their email, they send me emails. This one says take, um, wait, hold on. Take 15% off of blank. I don't know what that says. Um, then there's another one they sent says Cyber Monday extended 20% off 12 bottles. 20% off 12 bottles. Um, let's see. <clears throat> um, this other one says up to 60% off, 60% off, no subscription required. Now, again, those are all offers. So you your subject line isn't going to specifically look like those unless you're making an offer. And I bring that up because in the example of whenever I was at work and we were writing this, um, we actually changed it. So we were saying um, that they were going to be able to get um, free streaming with blank. So what I did was I was like, why don't we modify the subject lines where it says free streaming and then put like a warning sign or whatever. And then it will it will catch people's eye and then they want to open it. Now, that's not going to apply to your newsletter, okay, because you're not going to be making offers in your newsletter. So instead, what you need to do is you need to have a catchy subject line that's going to inspire them to open it. So do you guys follow Brock um, Johnson on Instagram? You know who he is? It's okay if you don't. Anyway, don't worry about it. Like, it's no big deal. But he's somebody I subscribe to. He's an Instagram guru. He's real, he's an expert in there. So I subscribe. He and his mom actually do a joint um, newsletter. This one I got at one o'clock today. Instagram reels hack revealed with an emoji that does this. I'm going to open that because I need to know what's the real hack, right? Um, let me give you another one. I'm in my promotions. Hold on. Um... Um, this girl, I don't ever buy anything. This is another example of like, you're going to subscribe to people and people are going to subscribe to you and they're going to scoot right along and not buy anything. Um, but this one says not another digital course. What's not another additional, um, um, not another digital course. Okay. Um, this one says, um, she's another girl that I subscribe to. Um, she says, do you have a silent to-do list? Question mark. And then she's got like the emoji of like the, like that face, like the frustrated face. So think about crafting subject lines that are going to spark curiosity and interest in whatever you have in that email. A really great way for you to, um, to do it is like, um, go into your email and find like the juiciest part of your email and let that be your subject line. Okay. Now, keep in mind that you also have, so there's two actually, there's two ways that you can personalize this where you can increase your open rates. Is that like, so you have like the, um, <clears throat> you have like the, the subject and then you have the preview text. The preview text is gonna give them just a little, little other nugget that's gonna um, spark their curiosity, okay? Um, so like the girl that I was talking about earlier, the one that has the three, two, one newsletter, her says three, two, one, create number 48. Hey, are you up for a challenge? That was her subject line. Her, her preview text says, plus the coolest Amazon find 
ever with like four R's. Do you see how like this sparks curiosity? And again, you're building a brand that's relevant to your audience. So think about, and this is why I say that it's so important for you to start becoming aware. Think like a scientist. Start paying attention to what's grabbing your attention and go, ooh, I want to try that. And then you try it for yourself and it works great. And if it doesn't, try something else. Okay. Does this make sense? So, um, and it could be even in some cases that you will rinse, re recycle, and repeat. This is another side note. Always type your emails in Google Docs or on your Word Docs or somewhere else outside of your, um, your email platform, whichever one you're using. And then when you're finished finalizing it, then you can put it into the email platform. Number one, because if you something happens to it or whatever, and you accidentally exit out and didn't save it or whatever happens, you know you've got a backup. But then also, it's something you can come back to and you can use again. Okay, so you can literally create a bank for the month of December. And then you've got a bank for the month of December that you can tweak and modify and change. Okay, so it could be that maybe you do some A-B testing. Maybe you have two different segments and this is just playing around here. Maybe you have two different segments that are both health and wellness focused and you send one email. They're the exact same email content on the inside, but you maybe change the subject line and the, the preview text for both of them and see which one gets the better engagement, right? And there's a way that you can do that through your analytics, which I'm gonna talk about in a second, okay? Um, maybe you ask your audience a question in your email. Just like pay attention to those things and see. Again, this isn't going to be an overnight thing. You're not going to get information right away. It's going to take consistency, just like everything else. Okay. Um, but maybe that will help you to kind of figure out. And you'll you'll start to notice and start to see um, what gets better engagement or open rates um, than others. Which brings me to my last point, and that is analytics um, and uh, tracking. Okay. So when you go into Flowdesk, if you're up at the top, you guys know that there is, I showed y'all um, a couple weeks ago, there's like the emails, the workflows, the segments, the customers, the, you know, all that stuff. There is an analytics button. And now you can, you can measure analytics in your workflows, which are those automated flows that are that series of emails that you can send after someone opts in, which side note, I need to talk about that, um, or your weekly newsletters. There's, it's two different things. And the more you play around with it, the more you'll recognize. Flowdesk is really great with their um, their tools feature. Like if you ever have questions on there, how to blank. They have a lot of resources to teach you. Um, that's primarily how I learned the platform, but I can always help as well. Um, I think um, Dina and I, like when she was starting it up, she like was asking questions and I was like, do this. I highly recommend you doing it that way. It's just ask me if you need to. Uh, but what, what you're going to do is you go to that analytics page. And what I will say to you, I learned this through Jenna Kutcher. She's actually where I started this process. I took her email marketing course, I don't know, at the beginning of the year, probably in like February or something. And she said that, you know, in order to get a really good engagement rate, I probably should have pulled out my notes so I could give you specific numbers. But she said um, that it's not going to be as high as what you would think. Now, I need you to spit out a number for me. Um, what do you think percentage wise, what do you think is a good open rate? Like they actually open the email. Any guesses? 25%, 5%. good guesses. 10. I guess probably since I hyped it up, y'all probably like, mm, it's really low. <laughs> 
30% is a really, really good number. And that's really the number that you should aim for, okay, when it comes to an open rate. That means that three out of every 10 emails that you send, three people are going to open them, okay? And it's just the way that it is, okay? It just is. So if you get an engagement rate that's higher than 30%, you're doing pretty well, okay? You're doing really well. Um, you can even track in Flowdesk the analytics per email that you send to see how many times it was open. And like today, as an example, we, so we at work, we're sending an email. Um, I think it was the same email we did um, for Thanksgiving. So like we're promoting, we're doing like this because um, we sell internet. So like we were um, promoting like this um, upgrade, internet upgrade to people that already had a certain service. And we were basically like, oop. So we had this email that was created and we were looking at the month of December and we were like, ooh, for this particular area, what what email campaign are we going to go with? Are we going to create a new one? Are we going to go with like a similar? And we were like, what about if we use the one that we used around right before Thanksgiving? And we're like, let's take a look at the analytics. So we actually pulled, this happened today, y'all, today. We literally pulled up the analytics to this email and we realized that it had a 47% open rate. So number one, that told me that our subject line was banger, okay? Like people were curious about what we had to offer. And then of course the email did really well. So what did that, what information did that give us? Ooh, we need to do it again. So we're just gonna tweak it a little bit, make it a little Christmassy instead of Thanksgiving-y. And then we're gonna send that same email again. And hopefully we're gonna get the same sort of rate. So this is why it's so important. Don't get hung up in the weeds in the beginning because you're going to need some significant data before you can start really tracking. Um, I would not even worry about analytics for the first few months of you doing this, okay? You need to send at least, I would say, 10 to 12 emails before you can really start to see what um, what's getting engagement and what's not, okay? Um, and don't beat yourself up if you wait, open it up and there's only like a 3% open rate. That just tells you that we got some work to do. It's okay. All right. Um, there's always room to grow. And so paying attention to your analytics are going to really, really help you to see what's working well, what needs to be tweaked. Um, it's also something that you can do. You can see um, whenever you pull up your analytics, um, if you ever put like a link that they can click on in your email. So you guys have seen like the buttons that I put in my emails. Sometimes I'll put some text in bold print. Um, again, you want to play around with those different features. Because sometimes people might not know that a link is a link. You might have to tell them to click on it. Um, so I'll give this other specific example um, relevant to work, actually, just because I think that it helps you to understand it a little bit better. So right now we are in um, a migration period at work where we're trying to, we offer streaming services and we also sell old cable boxes. And um, one of the things that we're trying to do is we're getting away um, of the old cable boxes and we're really trying to get people to migrate to the streaming services. And um, well, what we know is that these people that are the last on the list to convert are more than likely old school, right? Because they really love their cable box. They don't want to move over to a streaming service because that's complicated for them. Again, this is knowing your audience, okay? So if you know your audience, when you're typing up an email, you know, hmm, they might not know where the hyperlink is. They might not know that that button is clickable. So you need to tell them in the email, click on this <laughs> so that they know what to do, okay? Um, Dina, do you know how much Flowdesk is right now? I think um, 
the link that I shared is 50% off for the first year, but I can't remember what the 50% off price is. Do you know? No, we'll look at that. Um, we'll, we'll take a look at that for you, Norma, and get that. Um, oh, 19. Um, so there's that. MailChimp, you can also, there's a, um, there, so Flowdesk is free for 30 days. And then I think MailChimp has a free version as well. So if you want to try that first, you can do that. Um, they have very similar features. It's going to look a little different, but very similar features in the terms of segmenting and all that stuff. Okay. Um, workflows, all that. Um, and I know that they have a free version because I used it for a little while for MailChimp too. So you can do either one, um, whatever works best for you. There's a lot of email platforms out there. Okay. Um, but okay. So that goes whenever we're talking about links and stuff like that. So you can track your click links to see, um, are people clicking on your links that are there? Um, and that sort of thing. So essentially what you want to do is you want to use the data that you pull and don't, don't overly check it when you do start to check it, just routinely do it, you know, once a month, every couple of months, look at it and just go, okay. And help that to refine your practice when it comes to creating um, future uh, email campaigns, okay? So last thing, um, and then we'll, if you guys have questions, um, these are just a couple of things that I wrote down that maybe you would have some concerns with. Um, let's see. Uh, on Flowdesk, there is an option for you to view desktop and mobile version. I know that sounds silly, but if you have that option to preview it, I definitely recommend that you clicking on that. Some people only open emails on their phone and you want to make sure that your email looks right if they were previewing it on their phone. Um, sometimes the, the graphics are too big or it just looks weird. Um, so I always recommend that you, um, you check that um, just because, you know, maybe your audience is checking their email on the go. Um, and don't be afraid to mix things up this first little bit. Try to, again, follow that consistent schedule for about a month, play around with it, see what you can do to tweak it. Um, but you will see so much value in this and how it's going to allow you to plan ahead and really give you a framework to build off of when it comes to creating everything else that you do um, for the month. So that's <laughs> Oh my gosh, that went by so quickly. Did you enjoy today's episode of The Kristen Morris Show? If so, please do me a favor and leave a review on the platform you're listening to and share this episode with a friend. Better yet, let's connect. Find me on any social media platform and tag me in your stories with your favorite takeaways. And until next time, lead by example and inspire others to do the same.